today. Abortion advocates are in panic mode as the Supreme Court signals it may overturn Roe versus Wade. We will have the latest on that. And Joe Biden announces his winter plan for COVID-19. Uh, we've got a lot to cover today, and it all starts right now. Hey, welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez and it is in fact Thursday. So you know who's at the table. We have, of course, Stu Bergier, host of Stu Does America, and also Pat Gray, host of Pat mm -hmm. Gray Unleashed. But we are also joined remotely uh, by someone. I think it's the, the timing could not be more perfect. We have uh, Josh Hammer, who is, of course, our Supreme Court expert and also opinion editor over at Newsweek. Uh, thanks for being here, Josh. Sarah, I don't know when you got that fancy new intro, but I'm just happy to be a part of the new production, honestly. <laughs> well, I know you've been gone for so long, uh, so it's good to it's good to finally see you. And it could not have come at a better time. So uh, we talked yesterday on the program about uh, the the Supreme Court hearing about the, que the line of questioning that was happening at the time. Um, but it, I think it'll be really great to get your thoughts on it as well. So I want to I want to bring to all of you gentlemen. Let's go through some of the the clips uh, that we have from this Supreme Court hearing. I know Stu is a huge dork and said that he listened to the <laughs> entire thing. I mean, you didn't have to out me, but I appreciate that. Thank you, Sarah. So, and I, but I also, I would assume, Josh, you are also a big enough dork that you listened <laughs> to the entire thing, too. Every second of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, let, so you guys can give context maybe um, where, w if we've left anything out that you find to be important. But let's, let's first go to, uh, I think this was really interesting, Clarence Thomas who, in his line of questioning, was asking uh, what the specific right is in the, con like the constitutional right. What is it? Is it the right to abortion? Is it the right to liberty? Like what what point me where it is uh, that you're talking about that you have this right? What is it? Here's some of that exchange. General, would you specifically tell me uh, uh, specifically uh, state what the right is? Is it specifically abortion? Is it uh, liberty? Is it autonomy? Is it privacy? The right is grounded in the liberty component of the 14th Amendment, Justice Thomas, but I think that it promotes interests in autonomy, bodily integrity, liberty, and equality. And I do think that it is specifically the right to abortion here, the right of a woman to be able to control without the state forcing her to continue a pregnancy, whether to carry that baby to term. I understand we're talking about abortion here. But what is confusing is that we, if, if we were talking about the Second Amendment, I know exactly what we're talking about. If we're talking about the Fourth Amendment, I know what we're talking about because it's written, it's there. <laughs> what specifically is the right here that we're talking about? Well, Justice Thomas, I think that the court in those other contexts with respect to those other amendments has had to articulate what the text means and the bounds of the constitutional guarantees. And it's done so through a variety of different tests that implement First Amendment rights, Second Amendment rights, Fourth Amendment rights. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, I don't think it would be a shock to hear that Clarence Thomas would 
likely uh, support the overturning of Roe versus Wade. So no surprise there, but interesting line of questioning. Um, I also want to, uh, before I get your thoughts, gentlemen, I want to jump to uh, Sonia Sotomayor, who, it was interesting, you had her and Kagan, who were constantly trying to make the uh, assertion that we cannot, well, once it's it's been put into case precedent, we can't overturn it. It has to be what it is. Um, but Sotomayor also had a weird moment where she was trying to argue the point that just because a fetus uh, responds to certain stimuli doesn't mean that it is, in fact, alive, I guess, because she compared them to, she said, dead brain. I think she meant brain dead. I, I don't really know. I thought she was just describing the entire Democrat Party, but uh, let me play that really quickly. <laughs> the literature is filled with episodes of people who are completely and utterly brain dead responding to stimuli. Um, it, there's about 40% of dead people who, if you touch their feet, the foot will recoil. What? Of dead people. There are spontaneous okay. acts by dead brain people. So brain people. I don't think that a response. She might be one of them. To, <laughs> She's one of them. Uh, by a fetus necessarily proves that there's a sensation of pain or that there's consciousness. So um, I don't see how that really adds anything to the discussion. That a small fringe of doctors believe that pain could be experienced before a cortex is formed doesn't mean that there's been that much of a difference since Casey. Interesting take. Uh, Josh, I'm going to go to you first. What what can you tell us about uh, just what you've gathered with their lines of questioning. Maybe, you know, we were talking about Kavanaugh, who we didn't play any clips from him. Uh, maybe Amy Coney Barrett, some of the others, John Roberts even. I mean, is there a reason to be optimistic here, Josh? There's a lot of reason to be optimistic. I mean, look, Sarah, I, I have kind of come up through the ranks as a repeated kind of pessimist about all things judicial branch, all things Supreme Court related. And I've had ample reason to be pessimistic here. Yesterday, yesterday was a good day. I mean, yesterday from like a pro-life constitutionalist conservative perspective, I thought basically went as well as it could have possibly gone. Uh, I mean, look, I mean, as you said, we knew that Clarence Thomas, obviously, I mean, he's the only he's literally the only one of the current nine justices who has written repeatedly in the Supreme Court record on the record calling for it to be overturned. But Brett Kavanaugh, who is very much one of kind of the swing justice in this case, mm. he, he came out swinging yesterday, honestly, in a way that I really did not expect. He has fully intuited that he has accepted kind of hook, line and sinker the notion that overturning Roe and kicking abortion back to the states is kind of the middle ground neutral position, which it is, I mean, like, which we know it is because the Constitution um, is silent from that perspective. But look, uh, Chief Justice Roberts kind of in his questions repeatedly, he was going out of his way to try to find whether there's some sort of middle ground, whether he can kind of maybe reformulate Planned Parenthood versus Casey, which of course is, is a 1992 successor to Roe, whether he kind of manipulate the standard, the undue burden standard there just a little bit so as to kind of accommodate Mississippi's 15 week gestational abortion ban. But the oral advocates for the other side really did not give Roberts a whole lot of leg room there. So look, I, I, I think the most bullish perspective here, which is a 6-3 clean row overruling is on the table that we could possibly see that. I, I, I'm not, 
going to predict that. I still, I, I, we've been through these battles enough where I am I still just a little cynical and just a little battle scarred, but it's possible. I mean, it really was a pretty, pretty good day. I mean, uh, honestly, the clip where Justice Alito kind of got the Solicitor General of the United States to basically admit that Plessy versus Ferguson should not have been overturned like the year after it was written was, was amazing. It was a masterful interrogation by Justice Alito. He did an amazing job there. The other side looked very, very bad in the pro-life side looked very, very good yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Stu, I feel like you probably share the the cautious optimism, right? I, you don't want to let yourself yes. get to the place where you're like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I've been waiting for it oh. all this time and it's going to happen. I remember feeling this way about Obamacare, yeah. right? And, and it seemed like we had a really good day on oral, with oral arguments and, and it seemed like it was going down the, wrong, the right road. And then, of course, it comes out and it does not go down the right road. Uh, I totally agree with what Josh said, though. I think it was, a, a, generally speaking, a good day. Uh, you know, I don't... The the, uh, the when you know when they were going to Mississippi and asking them, I didn't think those were the strongest uh, pro life arguments uh, I'd ever heard. But generally speaking, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, Clarence Thomas needs a force field around him. He needs to be protected at all costs, uh, no matter what. He's uh, the America's most important person. Um, yeah, just I, we should develop a force field just for him. Uh, Alito was fantastic as well. Um, you know, uh, the Sotomayor is bizarre. I mean, she's just bizarre. I mean, at one point she she tried to also. I think it was her, I can't remember if it was her or Kagan, but she was talking about how, I think it was Sotomayor, and talking about how we can't overturn these cases. They just can't do it. It's uh, there's No, that's absolutely crazy. And you go back and you look at, like, she vote, She looked at the Heller case on the Second Amendment. She used that as an example and said, like, well, well we might overturn the, the Second Amendment then if you want this to go on, if you want this to start up. She herself, two years after the Heller case, voted uh, to overturn the Heller case. <laughs> She literally did what she was threatening already. Uh, this is, you know, it's it's a bizarre stance they have. They, but I thought I thought like the Sotomayor part was maybe the most revealing of this, and that very infrequently did she make a legal argument. Right. She made arguments like, "Hey, can children feel pain? Like, if it's a woman's <laughs> right to choose, what does that even have to do with it? Yeah. It doesn't." She's she was constantly making these uh, arguments about uh, how will we remove the stench on this court if we overturn abortion and I you know these are, that's not a legal argument what is that that's just like I, I please don't right. overturn this thing I really love for some reason just can't get you know I just can't give up this this possibility of, of not letting children live it's, it's so incredibly important to the left for whatever reason um, so I, I did think it was a good day I'm just so pessimistic after beating beaten down yeah. for so many years on this I hope that's it, though. I mean, I don't have a lot of uh, substance to come at you to say that it wasn't a good day. Yeah. Pat? Uh, I was really um, uh, excited to see Thomas's line of questioning because what he was showing there was it's not in the Constitution. Right. There's no right to abortion in the Constitution. Right. What are you talking about? You, you can't point to it. You can't specify it because it isn't there. Um, so that's a really good argument. And, uh, you think? We're yeah, I think that's really good. It's huh. not constitutional, so let's get rid of it. Yeah. However, I, you know, I'm pretty pessimistic because I just have no confidence in John Roberts. Yeah. I, I think he's an absolute coward, and he's looking for a way out, and the other side's not going to let him have one. Mm. It's all or nothing for them. And so that's kind of interesting because they've made this, all right, we're going all the way to Roe v. Wade, and... Uh, you, you've got to overturn Roe v. Wade if you're going to do this. Yeah. Good. Uh, okay. okay. Good. Right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's do it. I just, I, I haven't had a lot of confidence that that could happen. I'd love it to. Yeah. 
but I don't know. Josh, what are your what's your take on on Roberts? I mean, obviously we all have a great reason to feel shaky about him, but what's your feedback there? Look, the chief was clearly I mean, he performed basically exactly as I thought he would perform. He's clearly looking for some sort of happy median between just nullify the Mississippi statute on the one hand or just overturn Roe on the other. Those obviously are kind of the two extremes here. And he was fishing for a middle ground there. The problem is that from a constitutional law perspective, as many people have written, perhaps most prolifically, um, my friend Sharif Gurgis, who's a Notre Dame law professor and just a brilliant, brilliant young constitutional scholar, he's explained very carefully how the precedents of Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey do not actually permit a principled middle ground here. Now, that doesn't mean that he couldn't just concoct one. It doesn't mean that he couldn't just fabricate one. He could basically say, um, oh, the, you know, the undue burden viability standard from Casey, we're just going to reformulate that as, uh, you know, pick your pick your poison. I mean, it's totally arbitrary. It'd be like a 12-week ban, a brainwave when you see a fingernail. I mean, we're literally just making stuff up at this point. But I think, I think, I think the chief is cynical enough to basically just own that. The question is whether he could be manipulate, and it would be manipulation, whether he could in, manipulate through kind of the informal channels with the court works, whether he can basically en entice Barrett or Kavanaugh to join him. Now, look, I was texting with some friends yesterday who clerked on the court, clerked for some, for some conservative justices. They all felt confident after what they heard that at conference tomorrow, so the justices, they, there's a conference every Friday where they kind of meet for the cases. They all told me that at conference tomorrow, they fully expect there to be five votes to overturn Roe versus Wade based on what they heard. Wow. But as Stu accurately noted, you know, he accurately referred to NFIB versus Sebelius, there were five votes on that Friday conference too mm -hmm. to go one way and then it went a totally different way in part because the chief is so fickle. So. We'll see, but the, you know we could we could theoretically lose the chief here and still get five votes to overturn Roe. At the at the end of the day, my prediction is not quite a full Roe overturn. I do think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. I, I I just can't bring it in me to have enough faith in Kavanaugh and Barrett to go all the way, especially if it's five four without the chief to make it six three. But um, look, I I I hope that I'm wrong. I mean, uh, obviously, I, I think a legitimate overruling of Roe versus Wade is indeed a distinct possibility. So, and then tell us too. Um, so you said that they're meeting on Friday. Like, how does this all play out now that they've heard these oral arguments? So the senior member of the court's majority basically gets to assign the opinion. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of people think that the chief could join the majority simply for purposes of trying to make it as narrow an opinion as possible. So there's a lot of ways that it theoretically could break down. Um, it, uh, honestly, based on what I heard yesterday, I, I feel pretty good about Kavanaugh. Like, yeah. I feel pretty good that Kavanaugh is ready to join Alito, Gorsuch, and Thomas to actually overturn Roe. So the question then is really, what does Amy Coney Barrett do? Um, could Barrett join those four to make it five clean votes to overturn Roe? In that case, the chief has one of two options. He could write a solo opinion, uh, basically saying, I concur with the result, but on XYZ, completely arbitrary, concocted of thin air, narrower grounds, and obviously the three liberals dissent. Or he could man up, let's just call it what it is, man up, and like go with what he deep in his bones knows is right, because he is a smart man who clerked for William Rehnquist. He's a, he knows this is the right answer. He could just join it and make it a 6-3 decision, which, you know, from the chief's own vantage point would probably make it more, quote, institutionally legitimate, right? It wouldn't be one of these, quote, unquote, 5-4 decisions. But the way this works from here on out is it's just going to be kind of informal, passing along notes. I mean, the justices are very collegial, right? People kind of forget this. I mean, we, we remember Scalia again 
Ginsburg. They went to the opera together. This isn't quite like Congress. I mean, like they actually really kind of at the end of the day are friends. So there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of like informal trying to like make chit chat at the lunch table, the water cooler. They'll pass along notes. They'll pass along draft opinions eventually. So a lot of kind of informal persuasion is the way it's going to play out from here. But I, I do agree with what my friends were texting me yesterday. I, I think a conference tomorrow there are five votes to overturn Roe. The question again is whether the chief can manipulate Barrett or Kavanaugh to kind of um, squish out basically. Yeah. Um, well, Josh, thank you so much. Your, uh, your commentary here is invaluable as always. Opinion editor over at Newsweek, Josh Hammer. We'll see you next time, Josh. Thanks, Sarah. Um, all right. So when we get back, I'm going to make your heads explode here with uh, I just thought for funsies, we'll play a clip of Whoopi Goldberg um, and uh, her. Well, it's just that you guys don't have an opinion. You shouldn't have an opinion on abortion because you're oh, men. Okay. So I'm going to let her actually mm. woman explain it to you. Oh, OK, cool. One, yeah. Once we get back, first, we want to thank our sponsor, Home Title Lock. So uh, you have homeowners insurance for a really good reason, right? Because you could have a fire, a flood, a burglary that could just destroy you financially. But you probably haven't thought about another major crime that uh, your homeowner's policy doesn't cover. It's called home title fraud, and it is actually one of the fastest growing crimes, according to the FBI, could completely ruin you financially. Uh, that's why you you need home title lock. So title fraud is uh, when a criminal forges your signature on documents stating you sold your home to them and then they can take out loans against all of your equity. These guys know what I'm talking about because they had a person like what was it former FBI who <laughs> yeah. they, they work with home title lock and they just came in and they were like hey here's your this is your signature. And here's, you your just, title. here's what it would look like if we stole your home. Yeah. Which was <laughs> jarring. Told me it took 15 minutes. Jeez. 15 minutes. That's incredible. Well, yeah. everything's kept online now. So, like, everyone can find everything about you. Uh, home Title Lock is going to put a barrier around your home's title, and uh, they will just shut it down anytime they detect anyone tampering with it, trying to forge their way onto your home's title. you got to go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address to see if you are already a victim. They can help you manage that. If you enter promo code RADIO, they'll give you 30 free days of protection. That is promo code RADIO. I don't know why it's RADIO. Just go with it. I know this isn't a radio program. It's over at HomeTitleLock.com. So yesterday we talked about on the program where uh, the abortion, I guess they're, I mean, they're really just like abortion advocates, right? Like they love abortion. They want to shout their abortion. They were it's up the weirdest on the, thing ever. Yeah, they're up on Weird. the steps of the Supreme Court, like taking abortion pills and yelling abortion forever. Which is just <laughs> really weird. Oh, man. Yeah, but um, so another abortion advocate, of course, The View's Whoopi Goldberg uh, had a lot to say on all of the oral arguments. I'm not sure any of them were like very good points, but I just, <laughs> I like to not waste an opportunity to play Whoopi Goldberg for Stu and Pat. So we're gonna, let's listen to uh, Whoopi Goldberg saying that you as men do not know anything about this issue, okay? Because you don't know what it's like, watch. Do any of you men have any eggs or the possibility of carrying a fetus? How dare you talk about what a fetus wants? You have no idea. Wait, I was a fetus at one point. I know what a fetus wants. Fine if you disagree with abortion. I have no problem with that. My problem comes when you tell me what I need to do with my doctor and my family. How dare you? How dare you? So mm. do how dare you talk about what a fetus wants? You have no idea, <laughs> which is like, I guess as a woman, 
you do know what the fetus wants, but I would say any reasonable person would think that a fetus would like not want to be killed. Yeah, I mean, it's a, right. we are guesstimating a bit here, uh, <laughs> but most creatures want to be alive, uh, human mean, or not. It's a pretty uh, big stretch, but we'll take it. Yeah, it's, it's such a bizarre point. So you know, weird. It's, what I really love about this, though, is that there is this like intersection with left-wing narratives and the cars are just yes, crashing yes, into each other yeah. in the middle. I know what you're going to yes. say. You, you can't yes. say uh, that. We, I had a tweet that I put on yesterday, and the person said, uh, I just love it when a, when a person with a penis tells me about abortion. And it was from a woman. It's like, well, wait, you've been telling me that people with penises can have children for the past <laughs> two years. You've been saying that I can't even, I don't know, tell, having a penis or not having a penis has no, gives me no information as to what gender they are. Men can get pregnant, too. Uh, men That's can get pregnant, say. too. They say yeah. it all the time. You keep describing people with uterus and, and all these dumb things. And it's yeah. like th they keep crashing into each other. This is your old point, guys. Right. This is the point you made 10 years ago when you used to care about women and women's rights. Th this is ancient. It's out of date. Your new point is that men can have children, therefore can have opinions on abortion. <laughs> it's crazy. Pat. I'm pretty sure, too, that we've got some evidence on how the fetus feels about being aborted. Was they're trying to move away from the instrument that is aborting them? Yeah, mm. but it, it could just be uh, dead brain. Oh, they, yes, it could be dead brain. <laughs> dead and just brain. a just a, a natural movement. Yeah. Yeah. Involuntary. Right. Right. Um, now, can we call that out for a second? Forty percent of dead people do not move. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> I don't know what she's talking about. Now maybe she's got some weird thing like right. Ten seconds after they die, maybe right. they move. But like of all dead people, I know forty percent do not. So move. you're saying Unless it's more like the, sixty or seventy percent? No. <laughs> <laughs> like what? She's been walking, watching The Walking Dead too much. Yeah, I guess so. They don't actually walk, Sonia. <laughs> I, why why are they so in love with abortion? It's weird. I, I, it's really I try weird. to, you know, the thing is always follow the money trail. Yeah. I, I don't even know how big the money is in this. I mean, I guess it's good for Planned Parenthood. Is it good for the representatives who fight for, so hard for this? Is it good for AOC? Where are they... Where are they getting the money that is spurring this desire to continue abortion? It's really bizarre. It is so weird. They're just it. a death cult. Yeah. yeah. And like, look, like they would say, oh, well, what about you with guns? But like, I would, like, we talked about Kyle Rittenhouse a lot. I was never like, yeah, Kyle, thank God those guys are dead. Like, we were, it was no, more like, right. oh my God, thank God he was there and able to protect himself. We're as not he was like, being attacked. kill everybody. Right. Like, I don't want the right to kill everybody all the time. Like, no. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I want the right to defend myself, sure. But like when when you have to exercise your Second Amendment rights on someone who's attacking you or someone who's broken into your house or threatening a family member, you are happy. You are able to do that. Mm -hmm. However, it's probably the worst day of your life. Right. You probably think about it for the rest of your life that you had to end someone else's existence on this planet. You don't celebrate it. You don't cheer for yourself. Right. Like they are. We never go out and, and like we're not like all posing and being like, yeah, with our guns. Like, you know, uh, I can't believe all the people we get to shoot next week. <laughs> like, you know, they're can't they're, wait to kill people. Right, like it yeah. used to be safe, legal and rare. 
rare. And now they say, screw rare. Yeah. I don't care about that anymore. And I don't know if they care about it being really safe either. They care about it being legal. Yep. And, you know, the one thing that is, is I think there's a huge repercussions of this. And I, I'm willing to pay pretty much any price. Pat and I used to talk about this on, on the show all the time, on Pat and Stu, that, like, we could morally justify coming in here every day and talking only about abortion and never discussing anything else. That's how it, important it is. It yeah. would be a very boring show, mm -hmm. and people would get sick of it very fast. But it would be morally defensible. Um, it's that important, and if it costs us politically, if it costs us an election, if so it costs, you know, so be it. It's that important. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's going to have tough ramifications. If they overturn Roe versus Wade in this country, Unreal. the left is going uh, to go insane. Yeah. Well, I kind of love that. I yeah. love it too. <laughs> until every city they burn down, yeah, cities. Burn down right. cities. Well, I mean, that's yeah. a short trip yeah. to, to push them over the edge, right? But it it, yeah. you know what? I do find it interesting. They will be burning down cities, but will there be way more and uh, uh, way quicker of uh, an answer to that, a solution to that when they're the ones in power right before an election year? Maybe. Mm, right. Like possible. you have to believe all of a sudden the police will shut it down and there won't mm -hmm. be any, you know, riffraff uh, that would get to that point when they don't want it to reflect poorly on them. There's a there's an argument, though, and this has been I've heard some smart people on the right make it, which is that the, the abortion issue separate separated from the moral aspect for a second, just politically is actually good for Republicans in general, because it's something that their base really wants and can never quite get. Yeah. And so when and the left, it's it's fine. It's not necessarily great for them because it's something they feel like they have and are never going to lose. Mm -hmm. And so you flip flop that and have the left with all that passion and all that money and, and thinking that they're going into the handmaid's tale. And the right has now achieved this thing they've been going for the whole time. Politically, it may hurt. But you know what? So what? Yeah. You know, if you're talking about millions of lives that could potentially be saved here. And by the way, millions of minority lives. Mm -hmm. Ten. How many millions of, of black people would be alive today? How many Hispanics would be alive today if our policies were in place instead of the left's? Yeah. You can call us racist all you want. But, uh, you know, I can tell you that's the result of all of these policies, uh, that we would have millions and millions of more great people to interact with, to, to work with, to, to, to be friends with, to maybe annoy you at the drive-thru. Who cares what they're doing? The bottom line is they would be alive, and that is the right outcome. Yeah. And there was one more piece of butt stupidity in her rant. <laughs> yes. And there's so much butt stupidity yeah. there. It's hard, to, it's hard to get it all out. <laughs> But for her to say she's okay with men being against abortion, but don't tell me and my family. That's like saying, uh, yeah, you could be against murdering people if you want to. Right. But don't you tell me right. I can't murder right. somebody. Right. Because that's where we are. Do they, how do they not comprehend that? Yeah. We believe this is murder. Mm -hmm. You're killing a baby. You're killing human life. Yeah. So, of course, we're going to say, hey, don't do that. Yeah. Well, it, it, she also makes that point, and I'm like, no, you're not, actually. You're not actually okay if we disagree with you on abortion. That's, that's absolutely not, that, not true at all. that's true as well. And she also, of course, makes the argument uh, against vaccine mandates, which the left is constantly pushing when she says, who are you to, to you know, di like, <laughs> right. get in the middle of my decision with my body and my doctor and my health? I'm yeah. like... Oh, there's another intersectionality crash right there. Mm -hmm. Just, you would have appreciated Amy Coney Barrett sort of brought that up yesterday. Really? Yeah, because she was there. To, one of their big arguments was bodily autonomy. Yeah. And she brought up, she said the word vaccine in the middle of her uh, of her question. I mean, it's true. It's like, how do you make these two points at the same time for a mandate uh, and and this? Um, right. So that 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 was actually addressed briefly yesterday. Interesting. Li and literally, the only one of those two issues that actually has only bodily autonomy 
are the vaccine mandates. It's not bodily autonomy that mm-hmm. you're talking mm-hmm. about when you're talking about another life. Right, right. Uh, you're talking there. about somebody else's body. Right. Inside yours. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. We've got more to come. First, we want mm-hmm. to thank our sponsor, Built Bar. So uh, this holiday season, you need to be sure that you are armed with a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Okay. Because I don't know if you guys are still feeling it from Thanksgiving, but uh, uh, yeah. there was a lot mm-hmm. of uh, a lot of food was had, a lot Ooh, of pies, yeah. a lot of cakes. A lot, I don't know, puddings, maybe some Kexi cookies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. just a lot of food that is happening in the holiday season. You need to make sure that you are prepared in your pantry with something that is going to taste good. You're tasting like you're cheating on your meals, but you're not going to expand your waistline with Built Bar. It is, of course, low in calories, low in sugar, uh, low in carbs, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. They are healthy, but also they taste great. So uh, you got to go over to the Built website and you can maybe get a mix box. You figure out which flavor you like the best and then you can load up on it, but they've got a ton of different flavors. So check it out over at Built.com. If you use promo code NEWS15, you will save 15% off of your order. That is NEWS15 over at BUILT.com. So Joe Biden has announced uh, the White House's plan to battle COVID-19 over the winter. And um, let me I want to run through them with you guys. But let me first uh, I thought this was quite interesting, this first one here. So he said that uh, there will be free uh, at home rapid tests because he wants health insurers to have to pay for it. Let's listen to Joe Biden. That health insurers must cover the cost of at home testing. So that if you're one of the 150 million Americans with private health insurance, next month your plan will cover at-home test. Private insurers already cover the expensive PCR test. You can do that. And that you get at the doctor's office. And now they will cover at-home test as well. Now, for those not mm-hmm. covered by private insurance, we're going to make available free tests at thousands of convenient locations, locations for folks to pick them up and take a test kit home. The bottom line, this winter, you'll be able to test for free in the comfort of your home and have some peace of mind. So can't wait to see uh, what that does to our, our health insurance costs, which I, mm-hmm. I know you guys is super low. Right. Health insurance going great these days. Super low. Don't worry about it. They're just adding another thing that they're mandating health insurers have to pay for. Um, So I want to get your thoughts on that. But let me lay out the other the other things that uh, that Joe Biden is his plan to fight COVID-19, which is weird because I felt like before he got into office, he said he was just going to, like, eliminate. He's going to shut down the virus. Yeah. Not the economy. He did. He said, I I will shut down the virus. Mm -hmm. And it's It's worked out well so far. Yeah. I don't feel like that's happened. But uh, he wants to expand booster access, expand vaccine access for kids. Yes, expand vaccine access for kids, because we know that that's a big driver of uh, COVID-19 cases. There are children Uh, extend public transit mask requirements. So basically you're wearing masks forever on public transit and testing for international travelers. So I guess my my. My two biggest issue, well, you know what my biggest issue is, but let me focus for a second on the requirement of uh, on private health insurers to cover these tests and also the public transit mask requirement, because it's almost like we have been saying this whole time, which is like, look, this is going to be seasonal. You're going to see a spike in the winter. That's just going to be how it plays out. Now that we're seeing it, they're like, oh, crap, we have to like put all of these all of these things back in, all of these protocols back in. Then we're going to get out of winter. 
then they're going to keep them. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to get back into winter and they're going to say, well, look, we have to extend all these things because it's happening again. It almost feels like we're just never getting out of this. <laughs> I mean, there's so much to it, right? I mean, uh, you know, I, and I could probably sit here and be a little repetitive and go through each part of this and say how dumb it is. Right. So I will try to spare the audience <laughs> that a little bit. Um, what, let me get one part where I want to I separate this into two parts. I don't know how the president of the United States requires employers like on a, on a, like a seemingly just like Can. on a whim yeah. to make peop- the insurers pay for something. Mm-hmm. Like I remember Obamacare. We talked about it earlier. It was a big debate about what they had to cover. And then there was a, a law that went through and it went through the Senate and it went through the House and then he signed it like there was a big thing. Now he just <laughs> does it. I don't know what that even is or what mechanism he thinks he can do that uh, on. So that's a whole nother story. He's finding out that he can't do those things with the vaccine mandate, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's getting but shot he's down st- in court after court. But after he's court. still pushing employers still to do it anyway. He doesn't he, care if it's legal. I know he's, he, he keeps trying it, but I mean, he keeps losing too, yeah. which is which is encouraging at some level. The testing mm-hmm. part of this, like with the amount of money we have spent on uh, on coronavirus, which is in the area of seven trillion dollars. We should have free public at home testing. We should be able to get it with some of that money. Um, you know, part of this is the government's fault in that the, the some of these tests are categorized. And I, I can't walk through all the details out of memory, but basically it's as a medical device. And if it's set up as a medical device, it winds up rising, raising the cost mm-hmm. where all these European countries are paying three dollars a test anywhere they want. And we're paying twenty, twenty five dollars a test. It, it, it's and the government is in the way. And that's the problem there. Um, So like, I do think like a good part of this would be if you got sick, you could take a quick test at home. You'd know if you if you had it or not. Like people don't want to go out and expose others if they have covid like there's nobody in that category. So if you had easy access to tests, people would take them. And if they had it, they'd have to stay home and it would suck. But like we don't want to necessarily make this any worse uh, than it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But instead, uh, like instead of like focusing on just bringing the cost down so that everybody could have them, um, it's this they're forcing it through private insurance, which seems to me to make absolutely no sense at all. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the tests are already available piece. As he said, there's no reason they couldn't have quick testing available at those same sites. But they have continually figured out a way to take all of this money and spend it on things that have nothing to do with actually controlling the virus. How much how much money have we spent just throwing it at giant companies so they can feel, you know, companies with drive throughs that didn't suffer at all through covid got millions and millions and billions of dollars in in PPE loans or PPP loans. Uh, instead of, I don't know, something basic like testing, which is actually the sort of thing that would make sense in an environment like this. It's almost, Pat, like they don't actually want to control the virus. Mm. Isn't it? Instead, they want to control I don't, us, us, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for the 15 days to end. When is that going to happen? <laughs> Never. Then, I mean, we're really close, I think, now. <laughs> I think, think we're really, really close. Never. It's not going to end. Yeah. Uh, they love this. They love the control. They love the manipulation of, us, of it. I, and... A really big indication was what happened over the weekend with the Omicron variant. That is, the person who discovered it said it's extremely mild. Right. You might you might develop some mild body aches, some headache, and extreme tiredness. Uh oh. Well, I have extreme tiredness every day. <laughs> Literally every day of my life. <laughs> There's a lot of days where I'm so tired. I actually go to sleep. Whoa. <laughs> and in some cases, for hours at a time. Wow. Yeah, five, okay. six hours. I, I might have to go. Probably should get an at-home Because maybe test. I've had 
Omicron or Omicron my whole life. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But man, the fear mongering is unbelievable. And they're just going to keep ringing that bell. Yeah. I mean, I, you have to believe that they will. What, yeah. Because what motivation will they have to shut it off once we get through this winter and they've brought back all of these, you know, expanded all of the requirements and all of that? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. what, what, where's the motivation? I do think, though, like, I, get, I feel that way a lot sometimes, too, where it's like, oh, God, this is just never going to end. We have to keep dealing with this constantly. Are you about but, to be optimistic? Uh, let me be optimistic just oh, a bit. Oh. I mean, here we yes. are. And I know. You may be in California, paying attention to the show. You may be in New York. You may be in Illinois. You may be somewhere terrible. There's a lot of people in Australia, actually. Oh, yeah. Well, you should definitely get the hell out of there, (laughs) apparently. Um, But, like, you know, we're we're in a red state. And and I guarantee, you know, yes, we probably have it better off than a lot of other people. But, like... You know, we say it's never going to end. Does your life feel any different right now? I mean, honestly, I go, I go. Fortunately, because we're in Texas, we're not, in Texas, not a lot. Not at all. I've been, you know, I've been, I've been I, all over. I just broke my my toe, my foot, and um, they they like wanted me to wear a mask at urgent care, and I was like, no. Uh, you know, <laughs> in, in, <laughs> you're right. Like there are exceptions to this in medical facilities. Like, I broke, it's still I, a pain I, in I the broke ass. a bone. Yeah. I don't I need to yeah, like. The, 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 has, I'm no symptoms. Symptom. Right. Although COVID toe. That's what happened with Aaron Rodgers. They said it was COVID toe, and he actually broke it. That must be why they wanted me to wear the mask. But, you know, like, look, (laughs) in medical facilities, travel, you know, planes. Church. uh, You have it at church. I don't have it at church. Um, Really? Yeah, we don't Uh, have masks at church. You still have it at church? Yeah. Yeah. So there are annoyances. Like, certainly you might recognize some of this with your kids. They might have to wear masks in certain places. There's mandates and vaccines by... You know, it could be from your private employer. I'm not saying it's nothing, but like this is not where it was even a year ago, even in late 2020. We've come a long way. I mean, I I bring up this example all the time, but like, you know, the Super Bowl was 11,000 people in an outdoor stadium in Ron DeSantis's Florida this year. In February of this mm-hmm. year, that's where we were. Yeah. And now we're at a point where every NBA facility indoors in blue states is filled. Yeah. And that is, you know, we've come a long way. I do think you're right in that, like, it feels like they're going to try to keep this control forever. But, like, the American people are just saying you can't have it. Even Democrats are saying, screw mm-hmm. off. You can't have it. We're going to live our lives. Yeah. So, you know. On Twitter, it doesn't feel like that, but I do feel like in real life, sometimes it is. Well, I appreciate the optimism. There we go. It's a surprise coming from you, but I appreciate it anyway. Uh, All right, we've got more to come. First, I want to thank our sponsor, Moink. So I don't know if you guys realize that, well, you probably do if you listen to this show, but uh, 97% of the chickens served in the United States are actually dipped in chlorine, um, which sounds really disgusting, and you don't realize it, but big food does not have the same quality standards as the family farm, which is why you've got to sign up for moinkbox.com. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, wild-caught Alaskan salmon. It's direct to your doors, and it's also helping family farms become financially independent outside of big ag. They're animals. They're raised outdoors. Their fish swim in the wild. It's free of antibiotics, hormones, sugar, all the other junk that you find pre-packaged in the meat aisle. And by the way, Pat, I know you can back me up on this. This is amazing amazing meat. Yeah, like, really you good. taste the difference. Mm-hmm. My son like swears they have the best bacon he's ever tried in his life. I would agree with him. It's just funny coming from a nine-year-old. He's very, <laughs> very passionate about it. Uh, you got to sign up at moinkbox.com slash news. You'll get a year of ground beef for free, and then you can pick which meats you want delivered with your first box. Uh, you can change whatever you want every month and cancel anytime. You can go to moinkbox.com slash news. Get free ground beef for a year over at moinkbox.com slash news. 
I can't have Pat and Stu on the show and not talk about Chris Cuomo being suspended uh, from CNN. He just went out on his radio show yesterday. He said, uh, it's embarrassing. It hurts. But I understand it. I understand why some of the people feel the way they do. Uh, they have a process that they think is important, and I respect that process, so I'm not going to talk about this any more than that. I find it interesting. He says they have a process that they think is important. He didn't say <laughs> it was important or that he thought it was important. But uh, Chris Cuomo suspended indefinitely. Yes, uh, finally. Yeah. Um, there is kind of conflicting reports. You know, Brian Stelter saying maybe he'll be back in January. There's been reports in New York, the New York Post that, like, Zucker's done. He's done with them. He's had enough of this. Usually um, when they suspend him indefinitely, that is the outcome. Usually is the outcome. Yeah, it they want it to, be, like, die down and then it'll just yep, kind of go away right. quietly. It could be monitoring for what's the blowback, how does this play out. It's always possible. I think, though, you know, it's what's interesting here is obviously he should have been fired a long time ago mm-hmm. for, um, number one, his ratings. Uh, number two. Suck. Uh, you know, he's plain just suck. a terrible host. <laughs> yeah. and, and he's really uh-huh. dumb um, yeah. in a lot uh-huh. of ways. But, and, but also what he did with this Cuomo thing, which is, you know, he, he, he was literally right writing speeches that Andrew Cuomo was reading and then CNN was covering. I mean, he, yes. it was it was basically Incredible. CNN covering their own hosts' writings mm-hmm. um, and, and they had no idea about it. Um, that's completely unacceptable from a journalistic standpoint. Then you look at this where he went after uh, the women in the case. Uh, he tried to jump in and do uh, prep. Uh, he uh, did call sources on his brother's behalf, which he outwardly said he did not do. All of this from a journalistic standpoint should have had him fired. Mm-hmm. What got him to this point and got him suspended is because he embarrassed CNN again. Yeah. And they finally got sick of it. And that's because hard to do. Right. I mean, <laughs> he's lying well, to Who else is on there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Mr. Zoom call pleasuring yeah. himself. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. But you know what? Jeffrey you know, Tubin. Jeffrey Tudin didn't lie about it and he didn't do it intentionally. I don't think right. you could lie about it at that point. Yeah, that's true. He might uh, try to lie. But about I will it say the intentional part is part of it, right? <laughs> like Jeffrey Tubin, for everything that he did, and I don't want to discuss it, uh, made a mistake, a bad mistake. Mm-hmm. He did not want to be on the Zoom call doing that. Right. I think we can all agree yeah. on that, I think. Yeah. Um, Chris Cuomo did want to do this. He yeah. did want to break all of these rules. He did intentionally lie to CNN, then go on television and say, I never called any sources uh, on my brother's behalf, and I never looked for more information about these women. Wow. And yet he is on record in text messages from the state of New York <laughs> doing both of those things. Exactly. Mm. Two things he said he did not do after he got caught mm. and went on the air to justify it. Yeah. I don't know what else you could do really with CNN, good. though I am somewhat surprised they did something because I thought they I were too. beyond shame yeah, at this I, point. I, I apparently agree. not. I agree. Pat, last word on this. I, you know, like Stu said, he should have been canceled a long time ago because he Sucks. Are you sucks. surprised though yeah. that CNN um, actually did any? I mean, I, I was little bit, making fun of it a little bit, but they're kind of backed into a corner now yeah. because he did flat out lie, and it looks really bad now. If you would have just let that go, uh, I think you've <laughs> lost. Well, they've already lost credibility, yeah. but any semblance that they might have had otherwise, they've got to let this guy go. I feel like even if they knew that it happened, but the transcripts had not been released where like pe- other people could see it yeah. for themselves, they probably yeah. still would have kept him on. Yes, yeah, I think so too. And they should look, be looking at this others the other way. A blessing to get them out of that contract. Yeah. He's a catastrophe as a host. He's getting mm-hmm. 100,000 people in demo a night, which is a disastrous number. Yeah. A number we would have been embarrassed at at CNN headline news when we worked there yeah. is he's getting on the main network. Uh, they should just, wow. just use this as a blessing in disguise and get out of the contract and not have to pay it. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll be back. I mean, he's terrible. What's his 12 plus? Or 2 plus?
right, don't forget, you can still order what I am wearing here, which is the lovely uh, <laughs> Let's Go Brandon ugly Christmas sweater, <laughs> um, which I actually was very, very happy that I had in my dressing room because I was, like I said, I had I went into urgent care and I'm, they have me on crutches. It's very, very, it's all very dramatic and embarrassing. And I was like, I'm already in sweatpants and the sweatpants aren't coming off. So what else can I put on that will go with the sweatpants? Uh, <laughs> and it's very comfortable. So make sure that you go get you one. It is over at shop.blazemedia.com. If you use promo code NEWS20, you get an additional 20% off. Um, and it's just in time for the holidays to annoy your liberal relatives. I mean, I'm just saying, not that I would do anything like that. You don't like confrontation. Oh, I've noticed that about you. It's, it's the worst <laughs> mm-hmm. for me. You can also get uh, one of oh, yeah. one of these shirts mm-hmm. here, Stu. It says, learn, then protest. The order is important. You've noticed that around uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, abortion hearings. Uh-huh. All these Supreme idiot Court. people yep. out there knowing nothing about what they're talking about. Yep. Learn, then, then protest. protest. And the Kyle order situation. Oh, yes, yeah. There's that a better example than one that. One of the worst. Oh, uh, you can also find Pat Gray. He's not sporting any of his gear. He's got good gear, though. But he does have really awesome gear over at that. You can find it all in the same place, shop.blazemedia.com. Make sure you head over there. By the way, we're feeling extra in the holiday spirit over at Blaze TV. You can save $25 when you sign up for a year if you use promo code NEWS25 over at blazetv.com slash news and why. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.